something and everything. My name is Ezra Hill, and my co-host Casey and I are going to be discussing a wide variety of topics from the perspective of two Midwestern middle-aged minds. We're not experts, just everyday ordinary people like you. We hope you might find our podcast inadvertently interesting and informative. Hopefully it'll amount to more than a hill of beans. Casey, I'm going to ask you a question. What? Do you know what an emotional love tank is? It's a tank full of love? Yes. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, right. there's more to it than that, but everybody has an emotional love tank, and it's basically how you feel. Okay. And how you feel, whether you feel good about yourself or your life or your family or your spouse in general. But it, your own emotional love tank is basically how you feel about yourself for the most part. Okay. And that tank can be full, half, or empty. Where is this tank? It's probably right here <laughs> in, your, in your heart. <laughs> uh but basically, I just okay. I just finished the book, The Five Love Languages, uh, by Gary Chapman. Mm. Okay. So yeah. I'm 46 years old. I've heard people bring this up, the, what's your love language, what's your love language? I, I mean, for a long time. I've heard it. But I, I was always the type that I never bought into that stuff. I'm like, ah, whatever. You know, sounds dumb. Right. <laughs> sounds like something you would... Uh, talk about on an episode of Oprah or something, yeah. <laughs> something that wouldn't interest me. Yeah. But I mean, the reality is after I finished this book, I mean, it's, ex in my opinion, it's extremely important. Why and did I think if, if I truly believe that if people were required to read this before they got married or when they first got married mm -hmm. and then they implemented it, yeah. the divorce rates would go down. Okay. Can I ask you why you were intrigued enough to buy the book? Like, was there something uh, that sparked Because it? I'm tired of getting dumped. <laughs> no. Uh, well, yeah, partially. I mean, I've been single uh, for probably ten, since 2013. Okay. Uh, and so I can't, I can't sit here and say, oh, I've had a successful relationship. I mean, I've had relationships, mm -hmm. and some have been very good, but I'm not sitting here saying I'm in a successful relationship and it's thriving and growing because of this, this, and this. I mean, every relationship I've been in, I mean, I, I don't know if I necessarily want to use the word failed, but every relationship I've been in has ended. Has not succeeded. Yeah, for so one you, reason or another. So did you just get to like a point where you thought, you know, I'm missing something or, you know, there's something I'm not doing right or I haven't figured out. And so you just like started digging for more information. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not one specific thing, but the more I've dated over the years and been in our relationships, I constantly uh, want to know how to become a better person and how to be a better partner in a relationship. So, um, you know, I, I've done a lot of reading and researching and self-help and things like that over the years to try and uh, get a handle or, or a grip or an understanding of what it takes to make a successful relationship because mm -hmm. my marriage was terrible. Uh, it, it was toxic and just, um, it fell apart 
and you know the you you we reach the point of resenting each other, mm-hmm. and and a lot of times resentment I I consider that almost the point of no return in mm-hmm. a in a relationship to where once you start resenting each other. It's real hard to come back from that. So you were talking about this, the the love tank, and so when you were married the first time, you obviously you well, said, I've only been married one time. I mean, <laughs> okay, this, for our listeners at home, I've only been married once. Yeah. Okay, so you were married, and then you talked about you have a love tank, and then I asked you where it was, and you said it's in your heart. So during that time when you were married, did it run empty? Oh yeah. I was probably, I think I was married for about eight years, and I think seven of those I was running on empty. Okay, okay. Uh, So now today, this book, and I have heard you bring this book up multiple times, and that you're loving it, and um, you feel like there is something that is to be said for this book and what it's teaching. Well, yeah, because... This the author, and I don't know if he's the one that came up. I, actually, maybe he was. I think maybe this is his concept, mm-hmm. the five love languages. But he started out uh, Gary Chapman as a you know therapist, and he was um, studying. He was traveling around the world, counseling people, learning different cultures and how relationships work, and all these different things. Um, you know, and, and he would look at. Um, different cultures around the world and, and their marriage, uh, type culture and how it worked. And, um, you know, he would look at successful marriages and failed marriages and why and all that. So he started putting all these things together and, uh, he, based on his studies as a therapist, uh, he came up with the five love languages, mm-hmm. um, which the five love love languages, are words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. And basically what he says is everyone has one of those five that's like their main priority. Um, But he says oftentimes people have one or two that are pretty high up there. Mm -hmm. Um, He also says that it's very rare for a couple whether a relationship or they're married to have the same love language okay can you do me a favor and list his five again words of affirmation okay quality time mm-hmm. receiving gifts acts of service and physical touch okay and so he's saying just to make sure I'm understanding you that each of us have a priority, what's important to us or what makes us happy or how we operate. Correct. Like how, what we need to feel good about ourselves. Okay. So in basically in a relationship, so it doesn't have to be all five or no. Okay. But it could, but so the, the goal is to find out what yours is. Yeah, well, yeah, you want to find out what yours is so you can communicate to your partner what it is and what you need. It's basically telling your partner what you need from them so you feel loved Mm. and appreciated. Mm -hmm. Um, So, for example, I think probably my number one is words of affirmation. Okay. Meaning, okay, for example, like 
I think my number one love language is words of affirmation, meaning I need to hear from you that you love me, you appreciate me, um, you know, you need me, that that type of thing. You know, you like having me around, that type so of thing. So you're saying like if if you're in a relationship, you're you like to hear, hey, babe, thank you for, you know, all that you do and how hard you work. Is that kind of a thing? Yeah, I think that's it. And I think it probably stems because, you know, I've got a social anxiety disorder. Mm. So um, it, it for someone like me, I, I, especially when I was younger, not so much now, but I would tend to get wrapped up and overthink things like, hey, that person didn't say hi to me today. So why would I do, mm. you know, mm-hmm. when the reality is I probably did nothing and they just had something else on their mind mm-hmm. so and in my first marriage I did not get that at all um, mm-hmm. so I think that's probably my number one okay. um, but yeah basically and I think it's important when you enter into a relationship to try and figure out what your partners you know not only is it important for you to know what your your love languages are it's important for you to know what your partners are as well mm-hmm. because Oftentimes, going back to the emotional love tank, over time in a relationship, um, it, you know, if if you're not getting what you need, whether it be words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, physical touch, if you're not getting what you need, then you're going to start to feel unloved. Mm-hmm. And that's bad because then you start dealing with depression and things like that. And you start to want to check out. Um, and it's, it goes way back to when we were kids, you know. Um, so you, you, you got your book here with you and I love that you have, you have so much. Yes. I'll be flipping it, through this. It looks, you know, like it's glowing because I see a lot of highlighting going on there. And then not only that you guys, you know, I don't know if you can see this or you can't see this. Um, he's got a lot of like little yellow tab stickers. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm impressed. Well, yeah, pretty much when I read a book, uh, I pretty much only read self-help type books. And when I do, I highlight and I tab the shit out of it because I like to go back. You know, if, I, if I'm going through something or if someone I know is going through something and, and I'm trying to help them through it, mm-hmm. um, you know, I often reference back to these books just, you know, so I can relay things that I've learned or sometimes, you know, a phrase or, or uh, a sentence or a quote, you know, sometimes you can, those can, re- those really hit home with me. And sometimes I think they do with other people. And if you can relay some things like that, it just helps someone get through uh, a difficult time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, and I think that's what we've talked about this before. It's good to have, it, it's okay to reach out to other people for help to help get you through things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and sometimes it's okay to be like, Hey man, I, I'm, I'm going through hell right now. I'm, you know, I'm dealing with a lot of shit and I just need you to 
walk with me through my hell. Yeah. You know, and I, right. Just be there for me because I got a lot going on. It's okay to, to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, so are we going to tackle this book um, one segment at a time? Because you said yeah. there's five, which, you know, it might sound like there's not a lot to each, but there's actually probably a shitload to each. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can go into it. Like as when I deep think as you want. The first one you said is words of affirmation, right? Right. So when, you know, when we're going to talk about that first, you know, what that is and what that looks like, there's also what that looks like on the negative side, right? Things that you shouldn't be doing, things that you should be doing. So, right. So are we, is that what we're starting with? Because yeah. I'm like, I don't want to read it. I want, I want to talk about it. Well, I mean, I still think... <laughs> you can communicate everything you've read. I still think... I would highly recommend everyone reading this book. Um, yes. Whether you're in a relationship or not. Because currently I'm not in a relationship, but it's uh, preparing me for a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and like what I was talking about a little bit ago, it goes back to when we were kids you know uh, there's in the one of the first chapters here it says psychologists have concluded that the need to feel loved is a primary human emotional need Mm. so you know it's something we need we need to feel loved you know it says here too for love we will climb mountains cross seas uh traverse desert sands and endure untold hardships uh you know, because without love, mountains become unclimbable, seas uncrossable, deserts unbearable, and hardship are a lot in life. Ooh. So, love is a huge motivator. And that's what I'm saying. When your emotional love tank is empty, that's what it's talking about. You, you can't cross that mountain. You suddenly don't have goals. You know, you're just living in this dead space where you feel like you don't even matter. Mm-hmm. You know, because that, we're put here to love. Yes, I think. So going back to kids, you know, I talked a little bit about this. Inside every child is an emotional tank waiting to be filled with love. When a child really feels loved, he will develop normally. But when the love tank is empty, the child will misbehave. Much of the misbehavior of children is motivated motivated by the cravings of an empty tank, empty love tank. Mm. So, you know, when you look at oftentimes people who end up in the prison system, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've talked about crazy individuals and and the death penalty and, and things like that on this podcast before. And oftentimes when you dive into those individuals and you look at their past and their upbringing, there's things that have happened to them to where they get that uh, empty love tank and, you know, they um, become a cold person and uh, resentful, vengeful, Mm -hmm. and then they kind of do things they... That a person who's loved uh, maybe normally wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. So, the uh, yeah, the first chapter. Well, there's a couple intro uh, chapters, but the first love language that he tackles is words of affirmation. It starts out with, you know, uh, a quote from Mark Twain. He, you know, Mark Twain said, "I can live for two months on a good compliment." Meaning, if somebody compliments you, 
And if words of affirmation are your thing and that's what you need, you know, one good compliment can make you feel good for a long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also, did you know Mark Twain wasn't a real person? (laughs) No. You didn't know that? No. Yeah, it's, I forget the guys. It's, it's, Mark Twain is a guy somebody made up. He's a character. <laughs> yeah, uh, but anyways, that's all, another podcast episode. Um, but the, but you know, Wait, he talk- I have a, but I have a question because yeah. you said this is one of yours. This is one of your love languages, words mm-hmm. of affirmation. So, when somebody compliments you or says you did a good job, do you? Um, does that what he said? Does that res- like does that resonate with you? Yeah. Yes. And why? I mean, could could that? I guess for that being your love language, how impressionable is that to you? I know what his quote was, and where does that take you? Like from a personal standpoint. Well, um, just for me, I don't know. I, I think a lot of it stems from having an anxiety disorder. Um, because you tend to overthink things and you, I'm really hard on myself and I question myself a lot. You know, I think about my past a lot, which I, I try not to do. Um, so, you know, cause I, I, I'm a lot of times I'm constantly questioning whether I'm doing the right thing or I'm doing a good job or this or that. Um, so when I get a compliment, it kind of reaffirms, yeah, Ezra, you're you're doing okay. Keep doing mm-hmm. what you're doing. Right. You know. Um, so for me, it just helps keep me moving in the direction I think I should be going. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. No. Totally. Um, you know, it, there's it, in here too. Going along with words of affirmation, he says, uh, you know, he talks a little bit about Solomon, uh, and it, who wrote in some ancient Hebrew literature, you know, he said the tongue has the power of life and death. And, and, and basically I think what they're meaning is words have meanings, words have consequences, you know, and and so many times people say things and once you say it, once you say something, you can't take it back. Right. So here's that. I mean, it's, All you can do is apologize, you know, but that's only going to go so far because sometimes people like me, you know, I I tend to not forget, Mm -hmm. you know, I can, I can move on, but I'm not really ever going to forget what you said. So I get like that too. So if it comes out of the mouth and then you try to say, I didn't mean what I said, I mentally, you know, I will move on and I will forgive. But you know what? In the back of my mind, I'm always thinking, you said it for a reason. It There had to be truth to it. And I'm constantly worried if that's really how you feel. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it just, it, it sticks like right in the back. Yeah. Um, that was one of the things in my first marriage that really tore me down was it was just she said a lot of nasty things to me and you know once you once you start uh, hearing that consistently mm-hmm. then you start to look in the mirror and say man I'm a 
piece of shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what am I doing wrong? Why can't you know? And it just it beats you down. Uh, so it, it's it's difficult, and you have to be able to recognize, you know, like what you were talking about earlier. Um, you know, there's things you shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and verbal abuse. You know, some people think verbal abuse isn't a big deal, but it's still abuse. Well, and especially if it, if your tank needs filled by words of affirmation, and your partner is only spewing negative things to you. And that's how you function. Well, then you're screwed. Like, you're, yeah. yeah, you have nothing then. Yeah. So going along with that, mm-hmm. verbal compliments are far greater motivators than nagging words. So, which I agree with. And my question to you is, do you nag your husband? You know what? <laughs> yes, actually, that that's a great question. Um Early in our marriage, I caught myself um, nagging, and he never even had to say I was nagging. But I think I've told you this, that I try to be self-aware. But when you get to a point where you're like, why am I responding this way or why am I saying this over and over again? You know you have to be nagging. And so, you know, in our early marriage and in when I was younger in relationships, um, I definitely had a time and a period in my life where I would nag. Now, today where I'm at in my life is I don't ever want to be nagged at. And so I will never nag. And I'm very cautious about um, if I need something or want something, it's going to come from um a clear delivery of love in in communication and not repetitive or you know it's not it's not what you say it's how you say it yeah um but i'm self-aware now of that yeah uh, people respond much better to requests Mm-hmm. Rather than demands. Yeah. You know, and so I think that's where the nagging, you know, once the nagging builds up so much, then the other person's kind of like, screw this. I'm, you know, I'm, yeah, no, I'm not doing it. They, they, I think, but if you turn around and you start asking nicely for them to do something, then you'll probably get a much better response. Yeah. And they'll probably actually do it. And here's another thing too, um, like with me and my husband, He will say, you know, so say when I have gone into, you know, something that would look like nagging and I'm like, you know, why didn't you do X, you know, whatever this is, you know, now he has communicated with me like, hey, actually, I would do those things, but I cannot read your mind. I just need you to tell me because I want to make you happy. And so really that came back on me because I expected him to do something that he didn't even know I wanted him to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Communication is uh, key. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't um, understand that. And that was a big issue in in my first marriage is there was just terrible communication. Um, And there there was a lack of encouragement, you know, Encouraging your spouse in their career or hobbies or whatever, that goes a long way too. You know, encouragement says here in the book, encouragement requires empathy and seeing the world from your spouse's perspective. Mm -hmm. So when they're struggling with something, um, 
rather than just saying, well, that's a dumb idea anyway or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you should actually be more encouraging. And then it helps, that helps give them a little fill up on their mm-hmm. love tank there. And yeah. it encourages them to not give up and, and keep going. Right. And like if, if your partner comes out of the gate with, you know, an idea or a thought. And so say initially, you don't even like understand what they're saying. You don't even like their you know, their idea, but like, you know, give them the space to say their idea without coming down on them. Like, Oh, that's a stupid idea. Like, you know, Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Let me think about that. Like how you respond is huge. Yeah. In the book, you know, he says in the chapter here, he's talking about, he, he says, most of us have more potential than we will ever develop. What holds us back is often courage. Mm. So, yeah, it kind of goes back to the climbing the mountain and crossing the seas. You know, when you've when you've got when when your spouse or your partner is encouraging you and has your back and is helping you along the way, it's going to motivate you to reach your full potential. Mm-hmm. You know, so basically it goes, you know, a lot of times, you know, I've seen people say, I want to be with someone that brings out the best of me. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, I think what they mean by that is you want someone that's going to help you reach your full potential as a human being. Right. Um, and also he talks a little bit about, you know, the way you word things, you know, using kind words, your tone is, you know, you know, <laughs> Are you going to say, hey, when are you going to take out the trash, you lazy ass? <laughs> you know, or, or are you going to be like, hey, on your way in from work tomorrow, will you bring up the trash? You know what I mean? There's babe, a big difference babe, there. Can you get the trash, please? <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's a big difference in tone. Uh, that goes a long way. Um, you know, the, the manner in which we speak is very important. Uh, if uh, Here also it talks about, uh, here on the next little page here, it talks about uh, forgiveness is the way of love. Um, Love doesn't keep a score of wrongs. Mm. So obviously in relationships, marriage, you're going to have your ups and downs and you're going to hurt each other at times. And the question is, are you able to forgive and move on? Or are you going to keep bringing it up every time there's a little argument, you know? Right. So that's uh, important too. Um, This is a good quote in this book. And I'm amazed by how many individuals mess up every new day with yesterday. And basically Mm -hmm. that means... Can you let yesterday go? If you had a bad day, you said something you shouldn't have said, you know, you forgot to take out the trash or whatever it is. Um, it's important to be able to let that stuff go and start over. And all this in this book, all of this, what we're talking about right now is falling under his words of affirmation. Yeah, I mean, he kind of touches on diff- a variety of different things and, and some of these tie in together mm-hmm. but yeah this is this I'm is still on words of affirmation wow. chapter wow. so this episode is words of affirmation uh-huh. um, yeah no and I can see that because it's kind of like um, you know we're talking about what comes out of your mouth and so letting go of yesterday um, is huge and then if you don't you're going to be stuck in the shit like you know how I was saying earlier when I heard that person say that and then they took it back you know and they're like I didn't mean to say that from that point forward I have a choice to make 
whether I'm going to ever bring it up again and use it on them, even after they said I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, you have to be able to let that go and move on because that's exactly what he's talking about. If you the next morning, if you start back in on it again about what happened yesterday, your chances are you're going to ruin that whole day too. Yes. You know? Yeah. And he says forgiveness is not a feeling; it's a commitment. So even though you're still hurt and upset and you don't want to forgive, mm-hmm. you know, you, you need to, you need to commit to that action. You need to commit to forgiving so you both can move on mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And don't say like, I forgive you if you don't, if you're going to bring it back up again. Exactly. If you're, you're committing Right. It is yeah. a commitment to forget. Like it may not feel good and you may, it, it may burn for a second, but you're saying we're done with it. We're letting it go. We're moving on. Yeah. I think that's extremely important because now if you forgive and you're moving on and your partner continues to do the same dumb mm-hmm. shit, <laughs> then, then, uh, there's a problem there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, that is called, um, what is that? Manipulation? Uh, well, I mean, repetitive bad behavior. <laughs> yeah, but, but I feel like that's manipulation because I feel like if you have, you do have those people that constantly get hurt and they forgive and the person does it again and that person is really good at manipulating the situation to keep being a repeat offender. <laughs> yeah. And if, yeah. if they're doing things, they shouldn't be doing and they continue to do it and then they turn around and start blaming you right. or making or saying well you're making me do this or that mm-hmm. you know that's an issue too mm-hmm. um you know and it goes along with he also talks about love is always a choice and that's what makes it meaningful meaning um even though we're gonna if you're in a relationship or marriage and uh you're going to hurt. You're going to get hurt. You're going to be disappointed. Um, things are going to happen, but you're still going to choose to love that person and, and continue mm-hmm. to move forward. You know, it's funny that you say that. Um, when I was younger and, you know, talking to my mom and my dad, I was so devastated when my mom told me the truth about love. And I remember this conversation and I defied her on this and she was absolutely right. But I remember her saying to me, like, Casey, you know, when you get married, just know like you're signing up for ups and downs. You're going to have good times, bad times. It's not going to always look like this. And I shit you not. My dumb ass looked at her and was like, oh, yes, it will. It will always look like this. (laughs) It will always feel like this. This is, you know, you know, the new relationship thing. Like, yeah. And I was so young and dumb. And now being much older and wiser, I mean, I'm not that old, but I'm not very young, not very young either. But no, she was completely right. And I was like, shit, you know, it is a season. It is a process. It is a commitment. It is ups and downs. It is, you know, anger. It is love. It is everything that you could ever imagine. It is not what we see in these, you know, 
um, amazing love stories where it's just like perfection and goosebumps 24 seven. That's not legit. Yeah. There's a part in this book. I forget what chapter Um, we might get to it later, but he talks about that. There's like two different loves there's in love and real love in love is when the beginning when you get the butterflies you want to spend all your time with them they can do no wrong right you're the happiest you've ever been you know you're <laughs> uh it's it get, it's kind of cheesy sometimes because and actually if you think about that t- time in your relationship now that we know the truth it is kind of cheesy right i mean cuz yeah. we know the truth yeah um, cuz that's when you do things like oh i just wrote your name in the snow outside <laughs> And you guys are because like giving I, each other like really cute nicknames. Yeah, that must have made. Come here, cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, but uh, yeah, there's there's in love and real love and real the uh, I think studies say that the in love part usually lasts about two years. Mm-hmm. So after you hit the two year mark, that's when you start realizing, man, this person's a jerk. <laughs> Or man, he really he really makes a lot of noise when he goes to the bathroom or right. whatever. Yeah. Uh, so that's when the harsh reality kind of sets in. Of this person's a human being; they have flaws. Uh, how do I live with this person? Right. You know. How, how the, are we going to do the romance together? is kind of gone now. Um, so yeah, there's it's it's a reality check, and you have to. You have to, and that's why I say reading this book is really important because you have to develop skills and tools for the real love part mm-hmm. of the everyday. Because real love is a is a commitment. Yeah, it's saying I accept the good and the bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a big big deal there, and that's why one of the reasons why this book, I think can help you uh, once you hit that state, the real love stage, which mm-hmm. will, will help you maintain your love in a, in a good, healthy, successful, thriving marriage or relationship that. going till the end of time, yeah. till death do you part. Um, I love that. And we, I mean, we all, who in the world would ever say, oh, I don't need any of those tools. Yeah, well, and, you know, I joked around earlier saying that, you know, I kind of blew this stuff off, but a lot of it was because I just didn't have an understanding. You know, you don't learn these things in school. Uh, And, you know, some people have uh, parents or mentors or somebody that, you know, can teach them some of these things, but a lot of people don't, you know. so it's for me it was sort of it's very eye-opening experience because I'm learning all these things that wow man if if I would have had this in this relationship or if I would have done that in that relationship I'd probably still be with that person mm, you know mm-hmm. um, you know and, and going along with words of affirmation you know I, I said earlier I I like to feel appreciated um, you know in in the book here the, he breaks down a little segment from psychologist William James uh, who said that possibly the deepest human need is the need to feel appreciated and I think a lot of people whether it be a relationship 
you know, a romantic relationship or, um, you know, your relationships at work or with your children. Uh, I think that goes a long way because I think a lot of times there's a big lacking of showing appreciation for what people do. Yeah. And then when you feel you're not appreciated, then you kind of like, eh, I'm only going to give it 30% today because I just don't feel appreciated. So why should I do my best? Mm. You know? Well, in case I haven't told you lately, I, I really appreciate you. (laughs) Oh, thanks. My love tank just went up a little bit. (laughs) I think, I think though you just said if the, it could be at work, it could be in a relationship, it could be with your kids, it could be. And so when we're sitting here and you were telling, you know, talking about that, I seriously had this like, you know, aha moment where I was like, oh shit. You know, I know Ezra knows I appreciate him and, you know, in what we do in the work. Um, but you know, I don't always say it. And so I want you to know that. Uh, well, thank you. I appreciate that you're letting me know I feel appreciated. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I d- and I appreciate you and Aaron. Uh, Aaron's your husband. For the yeah. listeners out there that don't know, uh, you guys handling the tech side of all this because uh, Lord knows we have our technical headaches. Oh, it is constant. <laughs> uh, you know, just trying to when you don't when you're. At least, thank God we have Aaron. Aaron's like, uh, so out of me and Ezra, Aaron's like the tech chick. Yeah, I, and Casey's yeah. way better than me at it, and I, I basically know nothing. Like, basically, I show up. And with, then Aaron's way better than me. <laughs> <laughs> I show up with a notebook, and, a, and I sit at the microphone. That's about all I do. That's not true. Uh, yeah. All right, you guys, you can catch us on the next episode. Email us at hfbeans at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe and also join our Facebook group at Hill of Beans with Ezra and Casey. Peace.